0: Scott had a feature request for iHunter. Shoot. Map out all the ANWs. Every (laughs) ANW. Every
1: single one. Every every small town. At least have an
0: icon. At least have an icon for it for all the ANWs close to your. Getting out of your hunting zones.
2: That would definitely be a good uh, marketing strategy of some sort. So if somebody in the advertising business wanted to take some sort of commission (laughs) off of that really large. Sponsorship deal. Uh, is there anybody in the marketing wait, wait.
3: or advertising? You got it. You want competent people, right? That's yeah. the thing. Co- yeah, competent yeah, so, people. Yeah. So no, no. no.
0: Welcome to Muttering Pines, the show where we fumble our way through the outdoors and try and do stuff with our hands. Um. Well, might as us well get right into it. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers guys. guys. I think you've probably opened already, eh? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we're not going to waste any time. We, I say yeah, this every time that we have knows someone.
1: Something.
0: Who's that? We have somebody that knows a lot of oh. things yeah. that we don't know. Um, and, again, like, I don't know how we keep duping people to come on here, but we've done it. Um, we have uh, Mark Stenners with us tonight, and he has made iHunter. And if you don't know right. what Eye Hunter is...
1: You're on the wrong side of the city. Well, planet. not that
0: anyone's listening, but you might as well stop listening. <laughs> Fuck right off.
1: No. <laughs> it's it is the only way to find your way around once you leave a city in the province of Alberta.
0: It's literally one of the most used apps I've got. And yeah. like year-round.
1: Well, that's good to hear.
2: I think uh, I think you guys are yeah, some some among many that are using it for sure, but there are lots of other good apps out there and there's there's always competitors out there, which is uh it's good. It's good to see that happen because there's um, more innovation that ends up happening out of it and you work harder totally. and harder to make things better. And yeah, it's, uh, but it's, it's been a fun product to be working on. That's for sure.
0: That's awesome. Uh, before we get too far into it, we have to do our obligatory. What are you drinking? Oh, yes. I'm drinking Bronk.
1: Oh, you found another can? I- <clears throat>
0: Man, I found a whole <laughs> fifteen pack at the store
2: for twenty dollars. For twenty dollars, yeah, right. less than twenty, nice.
0: eighteen. What's I actually, uh, I had my choice tonight because I forgot I brought all the freezeables back from the the homestead there. So I've got like PBR, AGD, mm-hmm. uh, Alls, but I went with Bronk because. Keeping it low, representing Calgary all around tonight. Yeah,
2: I got a a blue moon. It's um pretty easy drinking. It's uh yeah. Is that a Belgian? Delicious. Uh, yeah, it's a Belgian. Nice. <laughs> Which Delicious. are some of my favorites, but uh, you know these are, are you know the cheap mass produced stuff, but it's pretty pretty tasty.
0: Yeah, I, I remember having a couple of blue moons. They're pretty good. Matt, what uh, you got?
3: So after talking with Hayden last time, I uh, decided to tweak my. Pressure set up on my keg, and I finally got it pouring just right, so I tapped a new keg of that uh, Heffenweissen from Turner Valley, and there's no longer any foamy head. The first glass is as good as the last glass, and I've been uh, swilling in it the past handful of days, so I was pre-drinking to this party, too, so...
2: Yeah, how long is it taking you to go through a keg, and how big is this keg? Uh,
3: They're 50-liter kegs, and I choose not (laughs) to answer the first question.
2: (laughs) That's fair enough.
1: You tapped it this morning, and it'll be gone tomorrow. I just don't know
2: how you know that it's good for the first glass and the last glass when you said you opened it, like, yesterday. So,
3: my, uh... uh... Okay, Mark, I... This is the sixth keg of this stuff I've gone through. Oh, so (laughs) they do last they generally about two months summertime less wintertime more and now wintertime less because i'm a fat fuck (laughs) so uh i had my pressure set on the on the keg all wrong and so it was pouring really nice like fast but the first glasses were like incredibly foamy and then after two glasses into it then it would pour nice So I've been I've been really struggling to get it to pour nice, and I finally think I figured out the
1: what I was doing wrong. So
0: nice, Mm -hmm. Scott. What are you drinking?
1: I got uh, the luminosity German pills from Annex. Mm. No, it's not from Annex. It's from it's from Cabin. But I I never know where beers (laughs) are from. And so so I'm having that tonight.
0: Awesome. Uh, That took a lot longer.
1: Returned from the cabin so it wouldn't explode in a freezer, which is yeah. the cabin, of course.
0: Did I quickly? Did we tell you about when Matt and I were out there? And last, we walked in. I'm like, I smell something. Like maybe it's because it was cold, like minus fifteen. I'm Like maybe it's just something. Like I don't know. Maybe it's just cold. And uh, and then we're like the cabin's warming up with the fire and everything. And I was like, because it was on fire. Uh, and then. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I keep smelling it like soap or something. Cause I think like the old owners and us, we've thrown some Irish spring around for mice because apparently it works. I don't know. It's one of those things that's on the internet that doesn't work
1: in your body with that because mice, because mice hate it. Yeah.
0: And then by like midnight or something, it was getting worse. And then Matt was like, smells like pine salt. And I was like, Oh fuck. I brought a huge bottle of Pine Sol because I also read on the internet following that Irish Spring works for mice that Pine Sol deters wasps and hornets. Um, And there's, yeah, there's a huge bottle that had frozen and split wide open. And then it was just like slow leaking Pine Sol all over the top of the (laughs) cabinets.
2: And aren't these the same problems that every single like owner of like an off-grid cabin or something or trailer or anything has encountered like this happens every year. There's always something like you leave Absolutely. beers yes. in under, under a sink or whatever, leave a stash somewhere and it always explodes. It,
0: There's, yeah, exactly. There's always and something. It's, it's also, yeah. I learned that fine
3: salt freezes. I, I honestly expected cleaners to be one of those non-freezing type liquids.
1: No, yeah, I guess water.
0: there's no, I guess there's no alcohol in pine sol. Yes, yeah but, yeah, or not enough. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, back. Not um, enough
1: for what, Darren,
0: <laughs> to drink.
1: <laughs> there it is.
2: They're <laughs> not drinking pine
1: sol. <laughs>
0: not enough to clean anything, guys. <laughs> like your insides <laughs> when you're cold.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. So I hunter. Um. I already said it's amazing, but like I said, I use it all the time, not just hunting season, mm-hmm. and I noticed that a lot of other people do too, so when we were buying our land, we actually, you know, we had a realtor, and she was awesome, and we are touring all these different chunks of land, and uh, every time, she'd pull out iHunter, yeah. and she's not, an, she's not a hunter, um, but she uses it because it caches the map. She can mark stuff measure all that kind of stuff so she would just like oh get we right. gotta go here and like oh let's check out the cut line down here and
1: get your quarter like, oh, is... township divides on a grid so people can see what quarter she's showing like it's a really really powerful tool in totally. in a rural area without it it's like hard to understand where anything begins and ends it's super useful
2: yeah, it's yeah, definitely definitely fits a need for a lot of lot of different people. Like a lot of different jobs. A lot of people need to know where property lines are. People need to know who owns the land. Like it's, uh, yeah, it's nice to be able to provide something that actually gets used. Yeah, well, totally. I love uh, that. I like I map out all my trails
0: on it, so I'll draw where I want to go try and follow it as we cut them never works out because it's just path of least resistance exactly but i i turn on a feature that matt didn't know about and i don't think scott i don't know if you knew about it but you can track yourself yeah yeah oh and so i turn that on drive as we cut it and then i've got an accurate trail map of what i actually cut as opposed to what i wanted to cut and then i forget to turn it off and i get a nice little blob for like a four-hour tracking session just me milling about the calf crunch. yeah
2: exactly always forget to turn it off we've had that request lots like to be able to trim the tracks and we'll we'll have all that stuff it's just a matter of prioritization right but um, is it like you're gonna have
1: ever because until now i thought you were doing that with your finger
2: oh no you can you do both you can you can freehand draw and do all your measuring and stuff to like plan stuff out which i use all the time but yeah it's a, it, the nice thing about just tracking is you just turn it on and forget about it and come back later. And you've got your day or your, um, your outing or whatever all mapped and you can choose to save it or not and get rid of it. If mm-hmm. it's not that, that pertinent to you for the day, or you left it on and muddled around the cabin for the rest of the day.
0: Yeah. Are you, are you going to add the feature where if you haven't moved in a certain amount of time, it just pops up as like hunting or dead. <laughs> <Did you laughs> yeah, perish. Right. Do we need Finally. to notify next of Canada? Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, there are some ideas around that kind of stuff, but there is, you can live location share already, so you can share out your location active, actively to, to uh, you know, your partner at home or whoever, but nobody wants to do that, right? Right, no. Yeah.
0: no. No. If I If
2: something happens, just leave me out there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, one <laughs> to, no one needs to, to die. Isn't
1: that the point? <laughs> That's the whole reason. That's
2: where I want to be buried, anyways, right? So yeah, so. yeah
0: exactly.
1: Let the wolves get me.
2: Call? Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, <laughs> it might happen. It's more likely than not.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, do you have any like? I know you just released um, your 3D. Yeah,
2: we did. Uh, yeah, 3D maps this year, which was uh, seems to be received really well. Like people were asking it for all like for quite a long time. And, um, yeah, it's definitely a great feature to add and I'm using it all the time out here. And, um, it's nice to see people making use of it. Awesome. Do you have any big features planned?
0: Like, What's your next big one that you can tease out,
2: man? There's a lot of design work going on right now, like uh, redoing some of our different interfaces and, uh, adding some more functionality to waypoints and, um, kind of structuring waypoints and tracks and all of that more as a, kind of a cohesive story like a way to actually track your hunting progress some journaling things like that uh will be added uh awesome there's lots of different lots of uh, different things uh, kind of coming down the pipe and a lot of back-end stuff as well just trying to keep up with demand and scaling things and making sure that it's bulletproof for uh hunting season and this year we just kind of escaped hunting season right and uh like because that's obviously our our biggest um Biggest time of the year, revenue-wise, everything-wise, like support, um, it's make or break for for the company, right? Like every year, so it's um, totally. it's really nice to to kind of get to the other side of that without having things uh, collapse on you or any major outages or anything like <laughs> that. <laughs> Which so there always is- are, right? Like the most most years, we have some sort of like I've climbed down from the tree stand at you know seven thirty in the morning as I'm getting frantic calls from you know lead engineer like not being able to get something up and running because we've had servers crash in past years, right? And it, oh, really? It, it, yeah. Luckily we're hopefully beyond that.
1: So you gotta you gotta tell the zero listeners that we have um, the origin story of, of iHunter. Like, the origin you, story. You, origin story. How, how did you get this thing like what happened? What happened that made you make it?
2: It's, yeah, basically just out of uh, necessity myself. Um, but, there, yeah, funny enough, there is kind of a, a deep origin story that... Uh, Were your parents
0: <laughs> lost in the woods? It, in yeah, the yeah, yeah. App superhero?
2: You, you, fa- you found it out. <laughs> you found it out. But actually, no, there is an origin story. Is uh, I The reason why I needed to start looking for, like, new places to hunt near Calgary is because I was uninvited from, uh, or I wasn't invited to go out on my family hunting trip that year like my dad didn't invite me to go out and so I had to look for places near Calgary to go and the reason he didn't uh, invite me out is I changed when I when I got married I changed my last I took my wife's last name instead of her taking my last name and that just uh it was a conflict so I got uninvited and I had to start looking for places nearby to Calgary to hunt and in order to do that, I needed to figure out where the WMUs were. So I started uh, figuring out how to put them on the phone.
0: That's crazy. Because before, if I remember, like, there was s- random people like through Reddit and stuff would create Google Maps or Google Earth overlays of, like, the WMUs, but they would never be, like, fully accurate.
2: Yeah, and you couldn't get them on your phone, and you couldn't see your location on the map and all that exactly. kind of stuff, right? Um yeah, I'm trying to remember what uh, phone was out then. It was like I think it was like the iPhone 3S or something like that, which would have been like
1: that's the first one that had GPS. Was the first one with GPS
2: and yeah. first one I think that you could maybe even make apps. No, you could put you'd been yeah, able to put we, apps on for a while. Wait, what think, year was that?
1: that? No, you're right. You're you're right. Yeah. It was, was
2: 202012, I believe, yeah. beginning of 2012.
1: Okay. Yeah, the App Store didn't exist until then. We always yeah. think of it as like Part of the original iPhone, but it wasn't. It happened years after. the It's kind
2: of crazy, so. right? It's like ten years old, yeah. or a little bit, a little bit more than that, maybe. Yeah. and it was a little more than that because I had made a couple other apps before this, um, just like playing around and that work and stuff. Yeah, it had been out for a little while, but yeah, but yeah, we've been doing this for ten years, so it's. Uh, I'm this year has been a bit of a celebration for me. Like it's, uh, I, I, it's a big milestone for for us and for our company. Totally. And you're killing it.
1: Like, yeah, that's incredible. So, cool. like, so, in 10 years, you went from accurately showing management units to it has messaging and live location sharing. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. an enormous leap in, in functionality. And so, like Darren asked.
0: And landowner, like, maps. Landowner, landowner maps. Landowner maps, like yeah. county maps. Yeah. yeah. Amazing.
2: Yeah, it's just yeah. all progress year to year, though, right? Like, you're just taking uh, little steps every year and trying to add stuff and trying to improve. and... Um, yeah, and hopefully it comes out as something that people continue wanting to use and you can keep up with the demand because there's always, you know, there's always requests, there's always changes, there's always stuff you got to be uh, working on and improving.
1: I don't mean to be a fanboy about it, but like it is, it is better than any system provided by government for understanding how the province is carved up for, for hunting or for land ownership, for use even just counties alone are work better in your app than they do in any public system. Yeah, yeah I'll agree. Totally. Yeah, it's remarkable. Like.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. Like, you know, that is, uh, you know, it's 10 years focused on a single outcome, um, single product, and just trying to refine things as you go and keeping on top of things. Whereas it, Government often gets caught in that trap, right? Like where they standardize on something, they go with some generic implementation, an ArcGIS, something or other, and they say, what layers do you want? All of them. And they just like throw, you know, a yeah. thousand layers and you don't know what, what <laughs> yeah. you're like, where to actually find. It's not curated. It's not like, okay, well, what do I need for hunting? What specific, like, just show me all the areas that you can't hunt. Show me all the areas that are crowned. Like, they don't, they don't have simple um, on-off switches to uh, totally. just yeah. hand-hold you through I, some of it.
1: This week I had to report, for, for licensing purposes, a well on the property that we have in Wetaski County. And as part of that process, I had to show the area where the water was, so where it was underground, where we had drilled, and then its uh, point of use and its point of diversion. And I had to mark that all on a map system that they had devised. And that drawing feature worked terrific. But being able to find my quarter section was infuriatingly bad. And all I could think of the whole time was if this was an eye hunter, I'd be done by now. Like, easily be done by now. Mm-hmm. But that's not the way it worked at all. It wasn't even close.
2: Different priorities, right? Like, I think with iHunter, the like the main interaction is the map, right? Like, you, you just need to be able to see your location. You need to be able to see where you can hunt, what you can hunt um, easily. And just that laser focus on that agenda makes it really useful. You can add all that other stuff as well, and the, people can turn those on if they need them. But the main stuff is hunting, and I think um, you can do that well. And, you know, our core audience... Or at least who we're, we're marketing to anyways, uh, should be pretty happy.
1: So how did totally. you start building that community then? Because that that sounds like what's driving it from from what I'm hearing. Like
2: in my- um in Alberta it was all like, you know, that's where I hunted, and that's where, you know, those are the people that I hung out with and socialized with and um you know, met at shows and that kind of stuff. And then you do start to, you start doing the trade shows and Locally in Alberta first, but you do Saskatchewan and one in b c and Toronto, and I'll do one out here this year and probably do three or four others and you, you just start meeting people and um, word word of mouth works well if you have a good product so as long as you can uh, show the right people um or just enough people that it's useful, people seem to talk about it and seem to spread it pretty easily, plus thousands yeah. of dollars in, of Google ads a month absolutely. Well,
0: I remember, I think it was probably in your early days, like you had like cards at Jimbo's.
2: Yeah, yeah, still do some stuff with Jimbo's um, occasionally. I thought you were going to mention about like when I first started, like the first 30 days of, like I, I started, like I the first version of iHunter I launched in 30 days. I had an idea in September. I launched it 30 days later uh, and caught like the last six weeks of hunting season of just getting feedback from people. And I went to... um that's the, incredible. The Bass Pro shop. And <laughs> yeah. I went to Bass Pro and I had like a stack of these product cards. And I just went and harassed hunters <laughs> like in the store. Like I just yeah. go up to random people and start talking to them. And they'd probably just assume I'm like a Bass Pro employee or something. I was like, have you ever heard of this? And would this be useful to you? And just show them the, the features <laughs> and get some feedback. And um, I think that did wonders. Like we got, you know, a couple thousand users in the first couple weeks. And I was like, Oh, maybe this could actually be a business. Sweet. Cause at the time oh, I was that's... just solving my own problem. Right. And I'm a software guy and I just like doing stuff like that, I like making stuff.
0: So going, going back to solving your own problem and, and your origin story. Um, so when you had to go, when the time came, when you were, uh, released into the wild from your family hunting trip, <laughs> uh, how did you like obviously now the answer is like get eye hunter <laughs> but now but like back then like how did you figure out where you could go hunting
2: yeah actually i think some of the first spots that i uh went after were the act like the the lease land in alberta um the rec access site like that did exist at that time and that was actually where i first started finding where some of the data was like, you know, that WMUs had data that you could go in and grab and try to overlay um, on the phone. And so like that, that rec access, site was great. And it is still useful. It's just not as useful as being on your phone in the field when like, it doesn't work well on your phone. Right. And it doesn't work when you don't have cell service and all that kind of stuff. So didn't well, I don't
0: think it's changed since the first time you've used it.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's not <laughs> modernizing a lot, and you know, it's um, we're we're trying to work with that same data, and sometimes it's an uphill battle uh, to work with government, but um, we're doing the best we can.
0: So, so you went on Rec Access, you found Leaseland. and then from there, was it just like word of mouth, or like starting? Did you start branching out and start? talking to private landowners. So you mean for
2: that hunt, like for, for when I was starting to hunt in Calgary? Yeah. Yeah, there's that. But like, what's more interesting now is like, now that I do have iHunter and I do have, um, you know, just good mapping and just good awareness of what I'm looking for. Being able to use iHunter in Nova Scotia, as I've moved here and started looking at properties for both hunting and for purchasing, um, and it's been it's fantastic, right? We don't have the landowner maps that we have in Alberta. So it's okay. still more of a challenge. There's like you can go through another system to pay for basically like land titles, right? Um and, and pull titles and stuff like that. But even just by being able to to see all the property lines and Nova Scotia has a very liberal access policy here, so you can you can actually, without getting permission from um, the landowner, hunt any forested lands um, as long as they're not posted as, like, no hunting or no trespassing. Oh, okay. So if pe- pe- people don't have them posted, you are allowed to hunt them. Out of courtesy, if you, if you can find the person that owns it, you should ask, um, but you don't actually have to, and it's not uh, trespassing. Like, you're allowed to do that. And, you know, if you meet them in the woods and they ask you to leave, you should leave. But like, basically, yeah. you're allowed to, uh, and it's a pretty—that's a pretty good system in a lot of ways. Is that um, there aren't a lot of conflicts? Because, yeah, I think that if things are posted, people tend to t- tend to take that seriously and then not access. Fair enough. That's a, that's so,
1: a big responsibility on you. Doesn't
2: it? On the uh, landowner or on the hunter?
1: No, on on I like, Oh
2: yeah, you're... yeah. For sure. But you're, you're like all the data that you're displaying in most cases is data that is publicly available, like publicly produced data that you're using. It's open source stuff. Um, so it's not like you are in most cases, you're not creating stuff from scratch that you are, um, responsible for in a sense is you are displaying data that the public has already paid for and created and, um, made available. Or we've purchased it from some other body. But, yeah, like, definitely you don't want to get things wrong. And, but, um, no. it, yeah, and conflicts arise, and there's, uh, like, incorrect data out there as well. There's stuff that does not line up properly, like a lot of the property boundaries in Ontario in the rural areas, like, they were all transcribed from paper maps that were uh kind of superimposed on computer screens and traced out and uh, (laughs) like there's stuff that is not i i think so like you know when at some point they had to modernize things and um i think there are stuff that are done that way like in the real rural areas that sometimes they don't even have um yeah modern uh surveys of those areas
1: wow
3: so when you were making eye hunter started in alberta and obviously you're from here, so it was a little more knowledgeable in what you were doing, a little bit. What was your next yeah. step, like, when you started to branch out across the provinces or the states? What was your – where did you go to next?
2: Uh, I did BC next, um, and then uh, and then just started, like, going across the country trying to find uh, which provinces had data, because there were some provinces that just weren't very open about um, – yeah, didn't have open access policies to their data, so you didn't actually weren't able to even get the WMU boundaries in Ontario, for example, and you still oh, can't wow. get a, you still can't get all of them in all locations. So, um, yeah, just trying to find all of those different provinces, and we expanded into the states as well for a while. We had uh, six or seven states um, going, but we ended up uh, pulling the plug on those. I don't know a couple years ago now uh just because we really want to focus on canada and it's our market and it's what what we actually care about and the size of the our company can do a really good job in canada i don't really want to be uh competing against you know 100 million dollar companies in in the u.s that you know have a couple hundred employees like i like i like filling our niche in canada and supporting uh canadian hunters because we don't often get like good pro like good local um products a lot yeah. of times things are focused in the u.s and you know you've got hunt stand and you've got uh base map and on and and those guys and hunt Stand's coming into canada and they're making a good push and they're they're getting some of the same types of data that we display and like i said uh earlier is yeah that's good it's good to have those kind of challenges and the, that kind of competition, because it keeps you honest as well and makes, make sure that you're delivering the best you can for your customers.
1: Mm-hmm. I work with American companies a lot. And the, the mistake I see often is that when they try to bring things into Canada, they forget that they don't have scale on their side. So they build things as if it's going to be operated by thousands and thousands all the time when they're probably not. And so the, you know, the, the features that would be too expensive for them to build for you are, are totally within reach, which I think is why iHunter has such a like huge feature set, especially like waypoints and being able to categorize them and share them and like choose who sees them and message between people. Like all of that stuff is like way beyond what you would expect in in a map functionality would be expensive to build at, you know, at, at a at a scale that would be required in the U.S. for sure.
0: Well, yeah, like even like look at the spy point, like the spy point cameras. Yeah, I keep hearing that they've got like, oh, now you can do maps and stuff, and it's laughable.
2: Yeah, like, like they've the... got their again, their core functionality is uh, cameras and the, the cellular totally. link of the cameras, which I think are fantastic. Like I, I'm just getting into them. I bought three a couple weeks ago and. Man, does it make it nice to not have to walk into, like, in Nova Scotia, you're allowed to bait for, uh, for deer and for bear. Um, and so, like, if you have a bait pile, to be able to actually have a camera to see when your bait is gone, so you actually know when you need to go back, rather than just, like, wasting a trip out and tracking right into the, the, your bait pile to reload. Um, totally not everybody baits wow. out here but it is a, it's a common way in the thick forest because like there's just no way you're gonna even see deer in some of those areas unless you are baiting huh. pro tip on the spy point cameras is if you have them Try- uh,
0: turn your your sound off at night so that your wife doesn't get real mad at the phones <laughs> ding dong and at 230 <laughs> in the morning when the deer are out having
3: a party. <laughs>
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I've changed all the settings, so I just get them like once or twice a day. So I, I get yeah. them like either in the morning or at the night, because those are like it's like Christmas morning, right? You get a couple couple mm. of pictures of deer on your cameras as you're about to 14 go fourteen
0: photos. Sweet.
2: Uh, yeah. Have you yeah.
1: have you had any recent visits from the moose, Darren?
0: Uh, Lady Moose was hanging out at the cabin, uh, and that's about it, really. Oh, uh-huh. they seem to have uh still around. Yeah, but not. I think they're probably more in the valley now. But, yeah. As soon as, as soon as we went up there to hunt, everything pretty much just went on holiday. Every camera
3: shut off. Mm-hmm. That's really so, what happened.
0: It was, it was basically like every camera just turned off when they didn't. Darren, is your um, pl-
3: your place
2: is in BC, or are you you have a place in Alberta now?
0: We have a place here. Yeah. Now, yeah, we have a quarter section, uh, and that is and Scott's place is kitty corn at ours, so we. Yeah. We touch tips. Uh, nice. Lots of,
1: <laughs> yeah. Lots of docking. Lots of docking.
0: Our gates are our gates dock. <laughs>
1: and be careful when a yeah. truck comes in and out at the same time
0: and then <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad scene. Mind the suction.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Um, Can't believe you guys are docking on camera during this podcast. That
3: is
1: yeah, uh,
2: offensive. I'm glad nobody yeah, but, else
1: will see that. Exactly. This is why we
3: don't. Nobody's going yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get that right. Nobody's actually watching. Yeah.
2: Neg- negative audience members.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Scott, we we are definitely on YouTube. Oh, w- way to pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but Fair. speaking of like owned land. Um, In your experience, Mark, what's your recommendation for, um, like, branching out away from, like, especially in Alberta, like, we've got crown land, but it's not like BC. Like, BC is crown land, and Alberta has, like, one crown land, and then, like, (laughs) one further north, and then it's all private.
2: Well, Um, it's different. Aside
0: from the grazing leases, but, like, what's your what's your um sort of i guess advice on trying to branch out into more private land or like expanding the land that you currently have access to hunt
2: man it's so yeah it's interesting like my dad and his generation was so good at private land uh hunting like they were just the good old boys that went and just they're really good to talk at, at at talking with people and without an agenda and just, no, there's an agenda. Like, obviously you want Mm -hmm. to have hunting access, but you go into the yard for a chat and uh, talk to the farmer and know who he is. And you get to know him over a couple of years, or you meet him at the coffee, like, you know, the, the coffee spot in the small town nearby. And you actually spend time in the community during your hunt. uh, And, and you get to build those relationships with people. Like some of, our best hunting friends were made by you know my dad and his buddies or his wife um going to these smaller parts of Alberta and meeting people and being becoming friends like lifelong friends we stay at their house like we we get our mule deer draw rotated between the three of us have our white tail tags and you go you go to your friend's house for three or four nights and and stay in their basement and hunt the rut for mule deer it's fantastic like they're just so good at talking with people and I find that uh, I'm not as good at that. Um, I always, I always flub it up and seem like, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not very good at acquiring <laughs> private, private land access. <laughs> Typically uh, I, I've, I've really lucked my way into a couple of really good spots this year here, like 10 minutes away from home for good bull hunting spots. And I, I'm continuing, like, it, it's great. Like if, if I can continue getting spots like this, then, you know, maybe I am an expert, but this is just me, you know, meeting people local who don't mind hunters. And there's so many white tailed deer on the South shore of Nova Scotia, like on these islands where it's, you know, just residential communities, fairly tightly packed, but there's a few spots of 10 or 15 acres, uh, small mm-hmm. little forest spots. And, um, Yeah, people don't particularly like having uh, ten deer in their in their yard every night. And even in town here, I've got five to ten deer in my backyard every night, and I have to build deer fences to keep them out of the garden and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, are
0: they are they decent sized deer out there? Like I know, like when you like Vancouver Island, the deer are basically like shooting mice. They're
1: dogs. Um, Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I took a doe last week uh, off one of these smaller islands, and it was a really decent sized doe, like, but um, yeah, smaller, they're they're not Alberta deer, they're smaller than most of, uh, you know, the Alberta whitetail, but then again, according to social media, there's guys shooting huge, huge, huge bucks out here as well as in Alberta, right? Like, you see it on all the the hunting groups, there's lots of guys that are having amazing success. Um, I've only even seen a couple bucks out here like, on the hoof, like, you know, it's, really? it's, yeah, it's like, it's hard because a lot of the areas that you're, um, going to be hunting, it's just so thickly forested. Like it's really dense hardwood brush, uh, hard to see 50 yards in front of you anywhere, unless you're brush cutting, uh, trails, which is what I end up doing on like private land that I'm hunting.
0: Right. So then in your experience, like what's the best way to scout for game? when you're not on, like, land that you own or,
2: uh, uh, Well, I think, like, anything, if it. you can get access to the land and you're allowed to hunt there, um, you can walk almost any parcel and kind of figure out if there are deer there. Like, first of all, are you, do you bump any deer when you're walking the parcel the first time? Like, the first time you get out there, um, I find, if it's, like, a, a fairly unused, unhunted piece of land, and if you can get in there and, and walk it. You'll probably bump something if if it's a mm-hmm. good hunting spot. Like the first day I went into a new spot here in Nova Scotia, I saw 12 deer. The first day I'd walked in there and I was just like, holy shit, this place is amazing. Every other time since that, I don't see quite as many. I don't know if that's me pressuring them or if it's just, you know, luck and, and whatnot. But um, look for that and look for scrapes and rubs. Like especially if you're in there during hunting season, during the rut or... Even if you're, um, like, it's a great time to just to see what's happening and see, you know, are there actually bucks around? Are you finding scrapes and rubs? Because um, there's mm-hmm. some places that the bucks just aren't hanging out.
3: When is the when is so, the rut on your end of the country?
2: That is a great question. Um, <laughs> I don't know because I haven't shot a buck. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, they, but they started showing up a lot more on camera um, in the last week of November. So, so, so pretty similar, okay. like... I always have the most luck in Alberta from like kind of uh, remembrance day onwards, like for the next two weeks is always when I'm shooting my deer. Um, and out here, I, I think it's probably a little bit later, but maybe that's because of the cold as well. It's just not quite as doesn't really drop down. Um, or it hasn't been anyways.
0: So when you, when you're out and you're looking around and you see like, you know, scrapes and rubs, um for someone who doesn't you know is new to hunting or isn't uh you know a a veteran what's your advice for handling that area
2: um well like it depends if you're going to be able to hunt that long term like if you're not hunting for the season like you know you're not going into a place and you you kind of need to get a deer that year um it's about learning the property in more depth so that you can hunt it better the following season. So trail cameras are awesome. Like we were saying, like if you can get a couple trail cameras up on those rubs and scrapes and any trails that you find, if there's snow on the ground and you find trails, get cameras on the trails. And it's Mm -hmm. pretty simple because they're, they're using the same route in, in many cases, if there's no snow on the ground, like currently my situation out here, it it makes it a little bit more difficult because it's hard to actually tell what trails are being used versus are just like battened down from, you know, the occasional use over the past couple months or whatever. Um, Is that
1: normal for this time of year in Nova Scotia to not have snow?
2: Yeah, it definitely hits later. Like we get it more oh, yeah. in like January, February. And then it's the, the huge onslaught, like the winter storms where you get like 50 right. centimeters overnight. And then, uh, you know, you're, you're housebound for a couple days because everything, <laughs> sets- the school shut down and the roads aren't cleared and, and whatnot, they're pretty awesome right. at clearing stuff. But um, yeah, it comes it comes in a bursty fashion, and so far I haven't really had snow while I've been hunting for for the two seasons that I've been hunting out here.
0: Does that that makes it a little tougher? I would... I would assume,
2: right? Track like, tracking in particular, yeah. yeah like I, uh, yeah, it, it's challenging. Like last year, even though I, you know, I t- it was a rifle shot uh, fifty yards away, and um, you know, there's a baseball size uh, chunk missing out of the back end of the, de- like you know, the the exit side of the deer. Just couldn't find very much blood, like I, and uh, I, I got worried, like you know, it's it was only fifty yards away, it was dead, but like. When you start when you start looking and you don't find it, you don't find any blood right away. And there's no tracks because everything's just a jumble of uh, brush, and you've just got a loose direction of where this animal went. You start panicking a little bit, right? Like when it's yeah. when you have snow, it's there's either course, yeah. there's either like a, a highway of red to follow or there isn't, and you missed or like. You know, it's, it's a lot, it's a different, different story when you don't have snow. It's like early season uh, archery hunting in Alberta where, yeah, you have those same risks and challenges.
0: Or... Uh, it can be like our place when Matt and I went up there and you drive in and it looks like 7,000 deer were stampeded through the property. There's not one piece of untouched snow. And then you sit down for three hours in front of a spring where all the deer were basically just having a bender and, uh, they don't come don't back. See a single fucking deal. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Oh my More God. track,
0: like you can't not see track, and then there's no deer. It's, uh...
1: It makes no sense.
2: <laughs> Did you guys have successes here? Did you get a get a deer? Or...
0: Matt got one. We mm-hmm. uh, that was about it. Nice. It was uh, if we had been on our game the previous trip out, and I had brought my bow on the quad while we were cutting trails, probably would have had a pretty nice moose.
2: Oh yeah, just showed up uh, while trail cutting, and I just
0: yeah, like we're sitting there, and you just hear this rustling, and we look over, and there's a smaller moose, and then you hear a bunch of noise, yeah. and then we drove up the trail. I popped out on our cut line, and I was thirty yards face to face with a not a huge but a decent bull moose, and I had probably about twenty seconds before he decided to like lumber off into the woods.
2: Yeah, it's so always my shit together. It's always the times uh, that you don't have your shit together, right? Like <laughs> I
0: should have just drove into him, is what I should have done. It's kamikaze. That's
2: an insurance. Ah, <laughs> that's an insurance claim, right there. I don't know. Yeah, pretty much.
1: Three trips in a row. I walked onto his property from the dock, and I saw those moose. Like every single time, they just wander around. As soon as he's not there, they're just like at his place. As soon as he comes back, they're gone. It's ridiculous. i got to
0: start bathing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank God you finally came back. i got to start
0: washing better.
1: <laughs> so it's just him. Like, his presence keeps the moose musu- away. So, Scott, we're, well, what we need yeah. to do is
3: turn your cabin into the hunting cabin, and then we hunt on his mm-hmm. property,
1: and we do a walk-in or something right. like you do.
3: Yeah. Luckily,
1: Darren uses artillery for uh, hunting. For Not
2: reason. anymore.
0: Not yes.
1: anymore. Yes, you do. It's Not anymore because it's, it's
2: going to be banned or what?
1: Yeah, I mean, oh, fuck yes, yeah, so maybe. Fuck maybe, yes. Uh,
0: no, I have a reasonable rifle now. I have a seven mil, but uh, before I was using a three thirty eight Win Mag. Oh yeah, which is
3: uh, <laughs> it's
2: overkill
0: for good, those Good right for now. ogres and it, gorillas. It, it flips yeah. the
3: deer over pretty well. They don't go very far when they're missing the other side.
0: Yeah, you don't. <laughs> you don't have to track them just yeah, watch man. where they land
2: follow the chunks of meat <laughs>
3: pre-butchered
0: I
2: call it
3: so we uh we got Darren this 7mm gun from my friend for a ridiculously cheap price because the idea was he didn't want to shoot 5 or 6 dollar bullets and uh they're ridiculous and now a 7mm bullet is 4 or 5 dollars like the cheap garbage rounds that I used to shoot for 20 some bucks a box are now seventy dollars a box here?
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it doesn't make. Yeah, it makes it really hard to spend days at the range shooting and bringing people out. Like I've got friends out here that want to go shooting, but it's like, I guess I could sponsor you for,
1: you know, yeah, uh, an eighty
2: eighty dollars of bullets for you to try it out. Um, but like. Yeah, people. It's prohibitive for people to like want to go spend you know a hundred dollars. So. Well,
3: honestly, we but. can't even buy bullets here. Like i I found a box on the shelf in the last twelve months. One
2: uh, of what you're feeling. no no, yeah. no yeah. Oh, I no I mean the
3: the caliber not not the yeah yeah, exactly. yeah not the not the grain oh just the just caliber. the caliber yeah that's They're uh... so hard to find. So you can't just of oh, you can't just go and blow a box at the range because you want to anymore. It's like, no, I need those for the next four mm-hmm. years.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, that's, that's rough.
0: <laughs> Unless you're Matt last year and then you blow a box on the deer. And, and how'd that go deer. for me this year? <laughs> one shot,
3: yeah. one deer. Yeah, so.
2: <laughs> did you throw it? Did you throw it at
0: the deer?
3: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so last year for me was, it was comically painful. Like I, what did I throw like eight rounds at that deer? And I just
0: enough that there was, there was a bunch of rounds in my truck, like <laughs> empties and my wife was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? And I was like, that's Matt. That was Matt's season. So right you know there. when you,
3: you shoot a single bullet and you occasionally like you drop a brass on the ground, you're like, Oh, well, I'll just walk away from that. Cause it's just one. I had oh, yeah. a pile beside my gun and I'm like, I got to pick that up. That's, that's too much.
2: That's littering. <laughs>
3: That's littering. And I still didn't hit it. Yeah, it was not good. So,
2: Oh, no. Like,
3: remember,
0: remember, wrong that with- one, remember that one shot in the Matrix where they have the, the, the gun on the helicopter and just shells are raining down? Right. That was Matt last year. That was every bug on the ground saw that. It was like, boom,
3: boom, boom, boom,
0: boom. <laughs> Deer are just like, what's happening?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Not this year, though. This year, you. I
1: have another iHunter question. Can I ask an iHunter question? Yeah, you? shoot, man. Okay. What is the feature that people use the least that you wish they knew about? Ooh,
3: oh, good one. Ooh, that's a good one.
1: Uh, it's, it's how to send um,
3: Mark directly $20 cash. <laughs> <laughs> how,
2: how, how to buy, buy stuff in the app. Um, that's probably one of them is that we don't, maybe we don't do a good enough job, like showing how to, like, how to buy the public land subscription or things like that. People maybe don't discover it as easy. No, but there's got to be something else, like changing the boundary colors is one of them. Um, so any layer in, in the app, like you can customize the, the color of it if you'd like it to be something different than what we've chosen. Cause like we, hmm. we do our best to kind of make them usable and whatnot. And you try to make them so like, uh, so you're not confusing colorblind people, but it's actually really hard because like how, how a boundary appears on satellite imagery is totally different than how it appears over top of like a map or a train map. And you can add other layers into the app. Like you can add um, tile servers from government of Canada, or you can find a tile server for the like hydrology or lake maps or any of that kind of stuff. And you can add those into iHunter as layers but then your boundaries might not appear the right cut. Like, you know, they might conflict with some of those other maps. So you can, you can go in and you can edit the colors of all of your boundaries and then you can add in your other maps, like topple maps and, and things like that. Um, We try to try to make it clear that you can do that, like that you can add your own maps and stuff, but also, you know, people still have to take that extra level of effort and go and find those map sources that they want to add. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. So boundary editing. I like it. Yeah. Less just the red, color,
2: like yeah. just customization of like different layers and, and uh, things like m- some people don't hi- hunt any private land. So, you know, maybe they want, like in some provinces, we have specific private land layers, crown land layers. Um, but if they never hunt any private land, maybe they, they can just turn that layer off entirely. And then they know they aren't going to hunt that or they could change it to red. And they know that everything red they don't mm. hunt. Um,
3: so on your on your website, do you have how-tos, like all these tips and tricks? Because I, uh, I don't go to your website at all. I just use the app. And you dig yeah. through it sometimes. It's like, well, I know what I know, and that's good enough. But there's got to be all these other things that you know of that are in there. Is there a like, how-to or like...
2: For sure. Yeah, there is. Um, so in the app, in the, uh, like the main eye hunter menu at the bottom right corner of the app, um, you open that up and there's like a help and <laughs> is it help and tutorials or I, I can't remember Jared's exactly. Doing it right now, but he's Can it. you tell cause I've got like the old man
1: <laughs> leaning oh, back like, okay. oh, what
0: am I looking at?
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, So, yeah, we do have some tutorial videos there. And then, like, almost every drawer that pops up, there's a question, like, a help button in the corner. You can tap that and get some instructions on some of the things you can do. Um, And we have a couple walkthrough videos that are, you know, more extensive, like, say, like a 15-minute video of, like, going through almost all of the different available functions in the app. And uh, those can all be found in that. uh, I think it's maybe the media section or the help section. I can't remember which, um, but yeah, that, that bottom right corner menu has a lot of, a lot of different stuff buried in it, including all your links to, you know, regulations, documents, and mm-hmm. um, third party maps that are maybe provided depending on the province.
0: It's, uh, it's incredibly verbose.
2: Yeah, it's got mm-hmm. a lot to it. Like the stuff is not, it's not simple topics, right? Like there's a lot of content to hunting regulations and to um, mapping stuff. Like there's so many different things you can look at. Um, and by by making it flexible that people can add their own content and they can create their own content and share that with other people, it makes it so that we're not, we're not creating something that's just what we're providing. We're pro- providing the ability for them to extend that and make it way more useful and um something that they can actually invest in they invest their time customized like some people have thousands and thousands of waypoints and uh, over the years um just collect them and you can Mm -hmm. you can filter them out by date so you can not have them all show up on your map but you can adjust the filter to say show only the last season's worth of waypoints or you can Uh, adjust that back and, and hide some of the stuff that you're not interested in. Um, yeah, I guess another tip is, uh, because you can filter waypoints, you can use things like the color or the icon to filter stuff out. Like if, if say you run a lot of trail cameras on private property, but you have different trail cam locations, but you don't always have cameras at those locations. Like, you know that that's where you're going to want to run them. You can mark all those spots, but then use different colors to show which ones are actually in use or not in use. And then you can filter on that as well. So you could turn off all the waypoints that are red uh, trail red trail cams, but leave all the green ones. And then you've got all your active setups uh, marked. Just kind of depends oh, on how like... How did you do that? What's that? Um, how do you, how do you do that? Uh, in the uh, waypoints drawer, there's a filter icon in the like click on your waypoints and then there's a filter. Oh, icon. Oh yeah, then there's a filter icon. <laughs> and then you click that oh, and shit, you can choose you can filter based on icon, color or date range, I think.
0: Um, okay, so that I would say like fuck boundary colors. You know, yeah, you can filter waypoints. Fuck those color <laughs>
2: guys.
3: <laughs> so I would say
0: That's incredible. Darren uses
3: that app more than anybody I know. And for him to openly exclaim in the background like, what the fuck? I didn't we're having this discussion. I had no yeah, idea. Yeah. Like, there's so many layers, and are not just layers, but so many other things that you've embedded in there. <laughs> is, it's not necessarily known if you don't just kind of dig around.
2: Yeah, and that's always the the kind of well, I'm sure you guys know this in some of your guys' jobs as well. It's not you have to choose how much you're handholding people and how much you're letting advanced yeah. users kind of figure out their own stuff because there is lots of stuff, and you can make it really um, try to draw people to those things, or you can, you got to make the initial experience good enough that if people touch nothing, they can still get a really good product, but like have enough extra, extra stuff that if they, if they really dive into it, they should uh, be able to get more out of
3: it. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll openly say, I'm sorry.
2: I was just going to say, did you guys know Darren actually helped with the design? Like our, my panicked design a few years ago, like we, uh, a month before uh, hunting season, Apple said, "Like, no, no, guys, you got to consolidate all of your apps into one, like all right. of your provinces into one app. We had yeah. to consolidate them all. It was like, it's a ridiculous amount of effort to have to complete in a month before all of your income generating season is gonna start, and we had like no clue what the fuck we were <laughs> gonna do." <laughs>
1: I remember this. I, I remember Darren telling me about this.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Totally saved our bacon. Like, like we're just, I don't know. At the time we weren't, uh, super strong on the design side. Like one of my co one of the co-founders, uh, Gareth, um, he left the company early on. Like he wanted a real job because like we weren't doing like, you know, we were just starting out. There's a lot of risk in any startup, any, um, any company that you start, there's a lot of risk. And, you know, he was coming from contract work and, you know, already risky stuff. And he wanted a real job. So, uh, he left early on, but he came back recently over the past couple of years and he's been such a great, uh, asset to the company. And just like having, having a legit designer on staff that, you know, is doing all, all your stuff makes a huge world of difference. And, uh, Darren kind of bridged the gap for us to to get us to like be able to get just something out the door that worked like, you know, worked reasonably well. And um, yeah, we, we appreciated that for sure.
0: Yeah. I had forgotten about that. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Consolidating everything into one app.
2: Man, that was, like, a, a really rough August for me. It was just, like, 12-hour days yeah. sitting at the computer uh, trying to... Oh,
1: wild fucking demand to just, like, yeah. here you
2: go. <laughs> yeah. You know those 14 apps you have? They need to be one. So
1: what What like was their, their rationale call. behind that,
3: <laughs> that they wanted one? Uh,
2: Something about, like, you know, too many... You can't just have variations just by locale. They said, like, you need to have that selection inside the app, which... It just creates such a like a, a different strategy in all your marketing and everything because now all of our Android apps they're separate provinces and so you, like everything that you design on your website now now needs to be like province specific or it needs to describe that it's all packaged as one on you know this other inter, uh, this other platform, just like you you hate having to take. Like different approaches on different platforms and um, it makes everything a little more complicated, right?
1: I wonder why they wanted everything regional to be consolidated.
2: Well, because they're trying to get rid of all of those um, like rather than having this inventory of um, almost like white labeled apps, like where they have the same app that uh, they do for different no, even for different like communities and stuff, I think they let those ones stay. I can't remember. I put Because it's in the a base past-
0: platform, I think, that they all use, and it's, like, white-labeled, right?
2: Yeah, something like that. But, yeah, anyways, I put it in the past. I don't even – like, so the, the Apple complaints <laughs> about the approval process can be just, like, super arduous and sometimes just, like, nonsensical because it's, like, a yeah. new, per- new person reviewing your app. But this was one of those firm things that we went back and forth with a bunch because – you know, you're you're panicking, and you're four weeks out from um, from hunting season. But uh, right. yeah, so we made sure that like there was no way they were letting us um, get out of it. So yeah, it was a bit of a yeah. panic.
0: Well, it turned out great. Uh, yeah, I would even say like this app is perfect for even if you're not a hunter, like a landowner. Yeah, you're yeah. Just marking out like oh, you know. Here's where the well is. Here's where there's a wet area in spring.
1: Exactly. You know, yeah.
0: Here's bear sightings. So keep kids away. Like,
2: And I we think, definitely like, have those not... internal conversations about like, whether we should be like tackling other verticals specifically, or whether we should just be keeping it as, you know, we've got eye hunter and you know, other people can use it and that's cool. Uh, but we could also white label it or or re rebrand it as something else, like a rec access tool or a, a land management tool. There's lots of different options. High
3: realtor,
0: homes, yeah, homesteader. <clears throat> it's called a homesteader.
3: Homesteader. Meaning
0: notifications like you're low on firewood. Better stop drinking and get cutting. You're <laughs> gonna freeze. Exactly. Just throw up pictures of Jack Nicholson from The Shining. <laughs>
2: I have a question for you guys. So you guys have both bought some land. Uh, do you, have any of you guys uh, bought a tractor yet?
1: No. <laughs> no, Matt we have not. Wants to buy a tractor
0: because yeah. he doesn't have to spend the money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Someone no. else's
1: money
3: is always better to be spent.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're right, Matt. You're right. <laughs> yeah,
0: Matt uh, has I, been hounding us on a tractor. No,
1: uh, I have a friend that owns about as much land as, as each of us. And well, maybe it's even smaller parcel anyway. It doesn't matter. But he ended up buying like a, the smallest Kubota that they sell.
2: The BX. What
1: he yeah. And he thought about this for a long time. And his wife is like an accountant and knows how to forecast shit. Like it, it was real scientific. And in the end, that was what he decided he needed for his less than a quarter section of land. It was like something that was like under 45 horsepower total.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. I I just bought a Kubota B twenty six hundred one. It's like twenty five horsepower. Uh, it has the front bucket and the back uh, backhoe, and mm-hmm. it should be really good. Like you, um, I think I'll get a ton of use out of it. Um, at the hunting is shop. it four wheel four wheel drive? It is, yeah. Um, but they're definitely. I'm used to driving like I've driven a Bobcat before and I love Bobcats and they're super fun, like a skid steer and there's such a low center of gravity and they feel like you can do anything to them and not tip them. Tractors, tractor is not, not like that. (laughs) (laughs) They're, they're definitely Um, like the narrower wheelbase and like they feel less stable for sure.
0: (laughs) So how much, how much do you have out there?
2: Uh, I've got a 70-acre uh, property, um, and then I'm I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm getting this little bow hunting property near town, which uh, is like 12, 12 acres, I think. Oh, nice. Sweet. Yeah, so it's, uh, and then, like, we've got our place in town, which we're kind of redoing our backyard coming up, so, uh, like, the tracker will get use in town, and then... Um, out at the property, it's unlimited uses, right? Like, there's always something you got to be doing out there.
0: See,
3: Darren? Yeah. See? I told you,
0: man. It's not. It's not me. You got to yeah, well, convince.
3: They're, yeah. <laughs> they're doing <laughs> some pipeline work in your place. It's a quick down payment.
0: I t- I told them I was like, listen, what are you bringing up there? And they're like, yeah, we'll probably have to have a backhoe to hold the drill bit for a bit. And I'm like, okay, here's the deal then. I'm <laughs> gonna leave the keys in case I've got to do some some clearing. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. We're not there.
1: We got a hold of the, the gas line because comp- we were trying to figure out why you get paid for your gas line and we don't. And, and I found the don't.
0: answer. We don't get paid for it.
1: Oh, okay. Well, you're going to. Um, so uh, it turns out that they pay in two circumstances. The first is that there's a valve that's on your property. If there's a valve on your yep. property, then you get paid a certain amount. The other is if they have to do construction of some kind. They
0: oh, yeah. Try. We're getting, yeah, they're doing that. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to tear it up.
1: So you're going to get them to pay you in time in the tractor so you can do other no, stuff? Oh, both. no.
0: No, no. I'm going to pay me. Don't. And
3: then I'm going <laughs> to.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry,
3: Scotty, you're not exactly. the only one getting docked tonight. <laughs> <laughs> leave daunting. your backhoe.
2: <laughs> yeah, you can just leave
0: the backhoe, or uh, maybe it'll break down or something accidentally. When um, we did have, or Scott had a feature request for Eye Hunter. Mark, Shoot, uh, right. map out. All the ANWs, every
1: A&W. <laughs> every single one, every every small <laughs> at least, town. At least in have Alberta. an
0: icon. At least have an icon for it for all yeah. the A&Ws close to your, well, that, out of your hunting zones.
2: That would definitely be a good uh, marketing strategy of some sort. So if somebody in the advertising business wanted to get A&W as a sponsor for the app and take some sort of commission off of that, really large. <laughs> Sponsorship deal. Uh, we would gladly be able to incorporate wait, all the. Mark, Is there anybody in the marketing wait, wait. or advertising?
3: Wait, you got if You want competent people, right? That's yeah. the thing. Yeah, yeah, competent so, people. Yeah. So no. Oh, no.
1: no yeah, nobody so, here. Uh, no. <laughs> not yeah. Really. So I yeah. figured. Yeah. I don't think we were really clear no, really. on the zero listener <laughs> bit. But yeah. maybe we should say
2: that. <laughs> yeah. So you're not using this on your LinkedIn page or like on your resume as a as a positive.
1: Right, yeah, yeah. When oh, i going into job yeah. interviews, going, you might know me from Muttering Pines. Yes, if you're one of my family that heard five minutes of it and told me to turn it off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, how far is your property from your your place in town?
2: Uh, it's about forty minutes away, and uh, oh, that's it's- beautiful. So it's, it's pretty bizarre. Like, you know, I, I kind of, I've always wanted to own a piece of land, but like, it's pretty expensive out west and it's not as expensive out here. And it's,
0: I was going to say, was it like nine bucks? It was not nine dollars. No, but it was, acres. uh,
2: but 70 acres, uh, with a thousand feet of lakefront, uh, on that 70 acres, uh, for, yeah. For a reasonable amount of money, like an affordable amount of money. Totally reasonable with a 200-square-foot uh, um, cabin on it. And right, and you can go
1: outside right now, and your skin won't turn instantly to ice.
2: Yeah, it's like it, it's minus yeah, it's, three or something like that You're, right you're,
1: you're making right. me not okay. want to talk to you anymore
3: because I just have this... Built up angst towards you for some reason. I don't understand why.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But I miss Alberta a lot. Like I, I miss the the hunting in Alberta is uh, pretty amazing. And I got to come back last year for uh, a week long hunt, but I didn't get get back this year. So I'm gonna have to, yeah, make sure I schedule that for next year. So
0: actually, uh, that's a good point on the Alberta hunting because I know like I want to say. It was you I was talking to. Um, but, like, Matt and I have noticed, because we we would always hunt a little more south, down by his dad's place. It's just that the the CWD numbers are, are climbing and climbing. And I want to say, I was chatting with you, and you said, like, it was three years in a row or something that you had to basically just chuck the deer.
2: Uh, it was two of my three from that zone that i had to that that were positive yeah yeah um one one of them still got eight uh, like i split the deer with a friend and he ate at least a quarter of it before we got the results back which quite quite the appetite um but yeah and then uh (laughs) the other uh yeah uh, the other one got fully disposed of like I don't know. Like, I think our, like my parents and stuff would probably just like rather not test it and just eat it and just be fine with it. And I think that, that like, there's a lot of CWD meat that's been consumed, right? Yep. For uh,
1: no listeners, we need to that's chronic wasting disease we're talking about.
2: Yeah. Zombie, it, it, zombie deer. Sure. Zombie deer. It's, it's a, like mad cow disease for deer or like uh, Hertzfeld disease for humans. Um, yeah. I think that's what it's called. Look,
1: uh, okay, level with you. That was also for me. I had no idea what you guys were that's talking about for like a few yeah. minutes now because I don't know what I'm
0: doing. Deer, hearing. Scott. Deer are ungulates. Uh, they're in the same family yeah, as yeah. Got two of them live in the elk. house They
1: shit in a box. Right, those Here. things. Wife? They're wife?
0: <laughs> those are cats.
1: <laughs> <laughs> are
0: you Life's talking about your? children? I don't know what, what you do. You
3: pointed upstairs and said they shit in a the box. <laughs> <laughs> they shit in the box. That's not nice. I so. Will-
2: I wish my children shit in a box and not in their
3: pants.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Man, I wish
1: I
0: shit in a box and not in my pants.
1: The problem is, is they will figure out how to shit in a box and not in their pants, but it will be when they're 17 (laughs) The day before they move out (laughs) They have adult shits with like the food that you feed them. And then they'll just shit that out into a box in your house because they don't like your rules about time. That's your future.
2: Are they high on mushrooms? Yeah, no, like
3: what are you doing here? Like what they're
2: are you
3: doing? Are you talking about your family or your cats? Which one is it? I'm confused here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah. Um, in terms of CWD mark, what's your so obviously you said you disposed of the deer. Um personally in the limited research I've done, there's been like I haven't found cases of it transferring to humans. Oh, there um, isn't
2: there isn't any. Like pro like there's no there yeah. are no proven cases. That's Jade. kind of fact, I think.
0: But it's just, like, on your end, it's just, like, super precautionary.
2: It Yeah, it's, like, what what uh, is recommended by the, what is it, Canada Health or whatever. And it's, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, it's kind of a hard, hard sell to offer it to your friends and family. I think that's kind of the, the ultimate test is, like, would yeah. you, to your friends and family, say, uh, I would love to... Cook you this amazing meal. Yeah, the deer was CWD positive, but that's okay. Like, would you tell somebody that?
0: Depends on the family.
2: Yeah, but those <laughs> and the
0: friends, but those
2: just family and friends, you just don't tell.
0: Uh, you don't tell. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Was
1: that not clear? About so, family? to
2: people, <laughs> to people that you love, would you would you feed people that you love CWD <laughs> positive meat? And you probably wouldn't. So, I might have.
3: I've never oh, submitted that's a deer. Okay. <laughs> How long does it take to get yeah. the feedback?
2: A little bit too long for most people. Like you'd like, I typically like to actually start eating a deer right away. Like, um, but yeah, a little bit well, too you long. Butcher,
0: as soon as you butcher it, you got to yeah, have the tenderloin. That's ones. usually the, f- like the first
2: step. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um so that that kinda makes it tough, right? Uh so the mule deer, it's typically mm-hmm. mule deer that we get out of these zones that are positive. And yeah, I typically I'll just freeze everything, tenderloins included. Um like I'll do all the butchering and because you're doing that anyways, and uh I usually euro mount my deer, so you actually have to, you know, cut out the throat or like the kind of the glands at the back of the throat, back of the tongue area and the back of the brainstem and submit that rather than submitting the whole head. So you can you can do uh, just the parts that they actually need to test. And, um, yeah, it's like it's a couple weeks, but it also depends when in the season you get it. So if you get it right. uh, prior to the rut, it's usually a little bit quicker. But if you get it at the end of November, you might be into January by the time you get your results.
3: So I drove by the <clears throat> drop-off stations in Calgary, which are a little, they're too few and far between for the number of hunters that are here. But outside Cabela's, there's a freezer, and the freezer was full, and there was a pile of heads on top of it, and on the ground outside of it, oh. and it was just, it was, <laughs> it shitty. was, it was comical. And I have, I, I had a head that I should have submitted by the their rules, and when I saw that, I just said no thanks, and I just took it on my own will, and I just ate the animal anyways. But uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to even justify just. Throwing it in a bag and throwing it on the ground and outside of Cabela's, like
2: yeah, yeah, it's uh it's weird that they um can't keep up with the the pickups and stuff like that. I, I think like the the temperature is usually fine. Like you know the you can put the meat there and it's gonna freeze whether it's inside or outside. But like yeah, like it, that's a problem if they're not they're not able to fit into the the freezers. There.
3: This was uh, mm-hmm. a an, an early yeah. November dough. Like I think Darren and I got it something like November first or third or, or like very, very early. And it was a it doesn't really start properly freezing here until mid to end November. So those heads were they were gonna be a nightmare for somebody to open up.
1: I, totally. I have no idea how you do yeah. it. Uh, Especially yeah, the next couple of years. Yeah.
2: That's not because pleasant of that, at all. Like, yeah.
0: I think this year, Matt, I basically decided like Probably not going to try too much for mule deer,
3: or is it just you just weren't just like, going to hunt that much because you decide you can't shoot anything?
0: Yeah, both. Yeah, yeah, okay. Because it costs be.
1: five dollars. No, like to fire your gun. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Um, I just we we have just not tested the ones that have come out of those zones um, because they're pretty like a little under maybe fifty fifty, but now that it's creeping yeah. up. And, like, Matt's story where it's like, oh, yeah, and it's just, like, it feels like they can't keep up. My gut reaction is just, like, I'm not going to go for Mule <laughs> Like, it's just. So. I'd rather just have Whitetail.
2: But, like, Whitetail have it
3: you, as well. You still, still got to test Whitetail.
0: Just, just not in the numbers, though.
2: Yeah. Well.
0: Right? Like.
3: My uh, my, yeah, my stepbrother's got a property down just north of Brooks in our right beside Dinosaur Provincial Park. Muley territory. Oh my god, so many muleys. Not anymore. Mm-hmm. The disease comes through and it's just killed them all. He said the the, the population of mules is way, way down, and the whitetail are almost non-existent. It's just...
2: Well, it has to crash at some point, and luckily it does, right? Like, maybe that will be the answer, but, like, I mean, there's states in the U.S. that are way ahead of us in terms of, like, the progression of the disease and... Um, mm-hmm the actual cycles of, uh, the population crashing, crashing, but, um, man, What's... I don't really want to see those, like this, the, the helicopter thinning, like we had in, what was it? 2006 or 2007 yeah. in Alberta. Out east. Yeah. That's kind of, kind of depressing as well. Like, you know, if those were shot and then they tested them and then process them and the meat was used for the say the ones that weren't uh positive then that's one thing but i mean like just the mass slaughter is also pretty pretty crazy yeah those
1: what are the yeah. what are the states that are ahead of us in the disease what what does it look like there right now i don't know about
2: that uh well yeah like there's many states that are like over 50 percent population of um cwd positive i think saskatchewan is pretty high up there as well for like that kind of 50 percent mm-hmm. range or more um but yeah to tell you the truth, I'm not a, like I'm not an expert on this stuff. I don't know what it's uh what it really does, but I know that like populations can definitely crash as it as it gets up there um, but I don't know if it remains there like you know as the population grows again, is it also growing at that same rate and is there gonna be fifty percent of the population again? I'm not really sure right yeah. now, I don't forgive me for
0: not knowing, but is that something that's in? Like, do you have that in iHunter, like, head submission zones?
2: Yeah, all the uh, CWD drop-off sites and, like, so the drop-off sites are shown with, like, a green star and you can tap on them and then get directions to them. Um, And then the zones that have mandatory head submission, um, they've got, like, a little exclamation mark on their label. And then when you're viewing the details of the zone, it's got the CWD... uh, had submission requirements as part of the season info. So you can see that there as well. So
3: didn't they, in? because uh, I'm only in Alberta, uh, the eastern areas in Alberta used to be mandatory submission. And as it progressed westward across, across the province, it was like uh, voluntary and then, you know, it just keeps coming. But I had kind of read or heard that they, they've stopped the mandatory submissions because it's so the disease is so prevalent, it's like, yeah, no, we don't, we don't need to know if it's there. We know it's there. And what do you do then earth?
2: Exactly. Their, their priority is testing the areas that uh, it is encroaching on to try to see like how fast it's spreading. So like they know like the WMUs that have it and have like really like a big stronghold, They've been studying those WMUs for 20 years now, right? And they've been getting numbers for 20 years and they have got a really good idea of like where it's at there. Um it's more about following that uh populations like the spread of the disease through the river valleys and through like going westward and seeing where it's getting to. You used to not like there was never a concern in like 212 and 312. Like I never thought twice about any deer there, but like there's cwd there now and it's it's going through those river valleys and just spreading westward um so it's like i don't think it's gonna stop right like you know it's it's getting it's gonna get everywhere but um yeah like the the submission testing like that's just for monitoring it's for them to just kind of survey the area and uh, understand when they need to start spending money in the new areas to start doing um other surveys or or um awareness campaigns and stuff to like try to get people uh mm-hmm. at least aware that yeah now it's available now it's uh, present in these zones and you're gonna have to start taking it a little more seriously. Uh yeah. I've talked to like Marg man, I forget her name. It's Margot Philbis. She's at the University of oh, I thought of you Al- were gonna
0: say Margot Robbie and I was just gonna go crazy she's
2: pretty cute but no I was uh thinking of the uh, professor at the university and she said like you know what does mandatory mean they're like the mandatory is we really want your data like please yeah. please give it to us it's mandatory there's no Hard, there's, yeah, yeah there's no mandatory like they yeah. they understand that like they're not gonna get all the data they want as much as they can get mandatory is the way that you ask for that. Um, and hunters should want to contribute that if they can. Like ultimately, like if the, if things are done in a poor way where it's not convenient, you're not going to get the results you want um, as a government and as a like a scientist, right? Like they they want all that those data points, but you got to run the program has to run really well. If you have friction in like those submission points and like it's not possible, or you you show up at the submission point and there is no freezer there, like people aren't going to like go out of their way to find a second one. Like it has to work the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the provinces there should, seem to be, be a
1: pile of heads on the side a of the <laughs> Right.
2: No, there should probably be a container so that the, the <laughs> urban coyotes don't just like walk away with everybody's head. Yeah, so... <laughs> totally. Like, why isn't that just a frenzy there? of Just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Urban
1: I mean, coyotes geez. is what we should yeah. call this podcast. We fucked up. <laughs>
2: What did you call this podcast?
1: Muttering pines like a bunch of fools.
2: Oh, sorry. I thought you meant this podcast like the uh, uh the episode versus Oh, the, the episode it's, title. Yeah. What do you want it
0: to, What it's do you
1: three want it idiots to plus mark. Oh,
2: have... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Thanks for not being the idiot. I think I
2: count I think I count in there too, but
0: So yeah. it's just it's just going to be called I Hunter I Hunter I Hunter I Hunter
2: yeah. exclamation ADO point purposes. for <laughs> yeah. we're we're I professional heard. marketers I hunter, I hunter
0: i hunter that's
3: right
0: yeah i Hunter hashtag mass. yeah Remember what we
3: said about professionals um, and being good at their jobs
0: no no just moderately all right for the market um we're gonna have to get uh for like so you've got the head submissions on there on i hunter um, are you going to add a pin for Matt's house for Euromount uh, Euro mount drop-offs? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's already marked. There we go. Yeah. You sent that Perfect. to me earlier. Yeah. So we'll actually, I actually flagged both of your properties as public hunting zones. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: just free deer.
3: Yeah. just <laughs> free
2: deer. No, just purple. It's crown land. And- <laughs> crown land. Just just close
3: the gate <laughs> behind you, please. And that's not actually totally required.
1: Yeah.
2: No docking. Yeah, that's right.
3: <laughs> no docking. Um, one, so awesome,
2: one thing I came across this year, so like as I was uh, out here in Nova Scotia trying to figure out where I can hunt in these properties. So what, the, one of these properties I started hunting was uh, for sale. and I, It's for sale, so I know there's nobody out there and using it currently. And, you know, they show the – it gives you the description. It says nobody's out there. It's vacant, whatever. So it's a great place to go hunt and check out. And part of that is seeing, is it a good property? Would I want to have it for like a archery property for the, for the company and like something that we can, you know, do promos on and all that kind of stuff. Um, Setbacks for like firing archery, crossbow, muzzle loader, rifle, shotgun, they're all different, right? And we have them in Alberta as well. Um, But it's all based on like house locations, right? So like, you know, it's a buffer from the house Uh, in Nova Scotia. It's 182 meters for uh, archery and um, shotgun and just for those two. And then it's like 404 meters for rifle and muzzleloader and crossbow. But all that data is available. Like all the house locations are available. So you can buffer all that and you can actually create the layers that show where you're allowed to archery hunt, where you're allowed to rifle hunt. And... So I that's just, I d- did that and I've been using it for the season and I'll release it shortly. Like once I've kind of tested a little bit more, but, um, it's, it's one of those things that like, there's a lot of people hunting within the setbacks. Like there's a lot of people that are not like, it's way bigger than what you realize once you actually start mapping it out and you see, well, I would for sure hunt there. Like that's safe. That's, that's so safe. I would not uh, think twice about hunt, uh, about not hunting there, but if you actually look at the distances of these houses like it's not possible in a lot of cases, and there's so many people doing it and it's um I don't want to be like the bearer of bad news, but I'll release this and i'll, I'll publicize it a little bit and we'll probably do it in the other provinces as well um but it's just interesting to see that like I think in a lot of cases it never causes an issue. So it doesn't, or when it doesn't cause an issue, it doesn't cause an issue. People don't um, change their behavior or, or not, Mm -hmm. not hunt in those areas because they seem so far away, but like a couple hundred meters is, it's actually quite, quite a fair distance in a lot of cases, right? It's a quarter of your quarter width wise or whatever. So if you have a neighbor that's like got a house close to your property boundary, a quarter of your property now can't be even archery hunted if you don't get his permission. That's right?
0: crazy.
2: Yeah, but it's true. And it's like, you could live, you could crown land. You could potentially not even be able to rifle hunt on 400 meters away. 400 meters. If,
0: it, if it borders a private residence. So.
2: Yeah. And so it's uh it's one of those things that I think if you, if, if we do map that out for everybody, they'll realize that there's actually a lot of, a lot of, and shuts down access to a lot of, um, a lot of parcels. and so
1: You're going to prove that huntable territory in Canada is smaller than we thought. That's, it probably is, crazy. so maybe maybe I shouldn't crazy, release man. it.
2: <laughs> Unless you go north.
1: That's tinfoil hatch shit that you're about to unload on the world.
2: Well, no, it's just regulation. It's just like we have all these regulations for safety purposes, and I get it. But 800 meters from a school? 800 meters is a long way. That's yeah. I mean. 800 meters is a quarter section. Exactly. And yeah. so, like, anything around a school you couldn't hunt. And even if you it was private to, land. To be or... fair,
0: though, we're not Americans. What are you doing hunting Come on. in a
2: school? It's <laughs> not, not it is school.
3: We're not hunting it is school. Delicious little deer.
2: <laughs> There's a lot of rural schools out here that would probably have great hunting nearby. And 800 meters yeah, is a
3: long way. That's probably lake. true. So I didn't. It, hmm. I, well, that's cool. Four hundred meters seems far too far. I was under the impression it was something like uh, one or two hundred meters in Alberta. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but four hundred—that just seems—that seems ridiculous.
2: Pardon. Yeah, four hundred is a long way. I, I actually don't re- recall what it is in Alberta offhand. I should I should know that, but I don't. Uh, but yeah, Nova Scotia. Just because I'm in the thick of it, trying to figure out these places, it's. Uh, 400 meters is a lot, and that's actually for crossbow as well. Like, archery is uh, archery is in the 182 meter, but crossbow is actually in the 400 meter uh, setback. Who the
3: fucking shoots a crossbow I don't think that it'll... far? It's a bow. Yeah, you just say, I Yeah, like, what are you pointing, straight up? Mark,
0: can, can you fling a stick 200 meters?
3: <laughs>
2: I've, I, I've never tried, I don't know.
3: <laughs> Jesus.
0: I feel like just gravity wouldn't let you.
2: You could do, yeah. No, I think you could. Uh, you could shoot an arrow that far, yeah. Because I can shoot. Maybe. I can shoot a target at eighty yards. So I mean, like, I guess, yeah. I think you could get at that distance. What you're gonna hit, I don't know. But regardless, I think it's just um, the regulations exist a lot of times for safety purposes, and I get it. But I don't think they're always followed, and maybe they don't always. I'm not going to say they don't need to be followed, but I think that uh, the vast majority of people make good decisions about where they're shooting and mm-hmm. hopefully it's, yeah, hopefully there aren't any issues with that.
3: So when you're in your thick, thick bush in your neck of the woods and there's a 400 yard requirement, do you just ignore that and just fire into the woods because you know it can't go anywhere? <laughs>
2: Well, I just haven't, yeah, like, where, where I'm hunting rifle, um, I just haven't really had that issue. Like, I do have 70 acres, so it's, like, a little bit more space, and there's nobody near me, like, nobody within 400 meters either. So, we're at the end of this dead-end, um, like, uh, private road. So, yeah, haven't really had that issue, but um, there's so many spots that, yeah, like, you could fire at it, the bullet wouldn't go 50 yards, never mind, yeah. like... It's so so thick out here in some spots.
3: And And uh, iHunter is going to publish those lands as uh, public hunting land as well, correct? As part of the... <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Definitely. It's like conservation. Yeah. I think that's how I get to write it yeah. off,
3: right? It's, it's public access for your subscribers. <laughs> just scan a QR exactly, code yeah. on the way in.
2: <laughs> yeah, for for one day That's a fine. Year.
3: I only need one day. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
2: Well, if you it come just out to Nova... on your
0: subscription... On your subscription level as to how yeah. much public access? You that something...
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's called Progressive Public Access, and it's a subscription
3: yeah. feature.
0: It's <laughs> iHunter app.
3: But Matt, well, if, you have, super rich.
2: if you ever want to come out and hunt this property that I haven't seen a buck on, you're more oh, than welcome.
0: Matt will see it, and he'll shoot that thing right yeah. up its asshole. Right, yeah. It's, yeah. Called,
3: yeah. it's called it's the map shot, and uh, I've done this more <laughs> than yeah. I cared to Yeah. Openly state to the nobody that's listening. So
2: the old <laughs> Texas heart shot. <laughs> the
3: Texas, uh, that was that was that was my deer uh, this year. Is uh, Scott and I bumped this deer, and it went into the only shooting corridor on the entire property. Unbelievable! And all I could see was its bullseye up his butt and its antlers in the front. And yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't let that go. And. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't go. It actually dropped straight to the ground. So,
2: yeah, nothing wrong with that shot. That's a shot every day. Like it's, uh, it's just as easy as a front shot, right? And don't always take those, but I mean, you're gonna take them if it's a nice deer. Yeah. That's for sure. It
3: was a nice deer. No. deer. no, it was. Yeah. It was my personal best. So,
0: well, yeah. nice.
2: Congrats, man. That's great.
0: Um, Mark, and I know it's probably like four 30 in the morning there it's
1: six 30 take up all your
0: time um this has been awesome uh thanks for chatting with us um like eye hunter is amazing by eye hunter yes Buy all of it Buy all the land maps even if you don't need them
2: yes sure yeah that sounds great uh <laughs> <laughs> No, I appreciate it. It's, uh, yeah, I've listened to a couple of your guys, not all of your guys' podcasts, but I've listened to three or four of them. And, uh, yeah.
3: No, you haven't. And he still, I have, yeah. He still I, chose no, to come on. That's, I know. That's fucking, he's dumb.
2: I know. Even <laughs> even after the warnings of me losing customers as a result, um, still came
0: yeah, up. Yeah, you listened to the last one. That's
1: good. <laughs> Did you listen uh, to that on YouTube where I didn't know we existed until tonight?
2: Yeah. Ooh. It's got lots of, uh, like, that bedroom that you're in, Scott, like, it's got a lot of revealing. Yeah. You strutting back and forth naked and no pants That's on. That's your,
3: li- your live yeah. stream. You also didn't know existed, so.
1: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a bedroom. We well, We do. Bedroom we cam. do. <laughs>
0: We do piggyback on Scott's OnlyFans. I can't
1: believe we've only sold three shirts and I showed the internet like Wiener. That's horse yeah. shit. You got to start Probably with your your feet. I like
2: your, guys's, uh, I like your county shirts that you guys made. Who did those? That guy. Darren Northcott. Yeah. Nice. Those look great.
0: Yeah, they're coming along. They're doing their...
2: Mm-hmm. And the uh, you guys had a guy on a couple episodes ago that does the screen printing or shirt printing. Is he the guy that's doing your shirts?
0: Oh, Rob. Uh, no, 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 we're using a, a a print on demand service. Okay. Um, for our shirts because we're poor. Yeah.
2: Um. <laughs> so you're probably it's, good it's at a company, lot of stuff then. If you're poor, it's the
0: company he modeled his business after. Okay. So. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. Don't say it on. Don't say it out loud.
0: Probably just cut that out.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what was um, what was his company's name though? The the guy that you had on.
0: Turkey and pistols. Turkey and pistols. I'll yeah. No. Yeah, he's got some good stuff. There's a sweet uh, Alberta hoodie, I think, mm-hmm. that I'm gonna uh, pick up. It's got the the shield, like the the highway sign shield, and then there's a cowboy coming down a, a cliff on horseback. It says Alberta. Nice. that's pretty cool. good stuff. Yeah. Um, next time you're out here, if you're making a trip out of it, Mark, you should let us know, and we'll go up. Uh, we'll go up to our property, and you can see the no fucking bucks that are up there because Matt shot the only <laughs> one. <laughs>
1: yeah, and that moose that never shows up in Darren's
0: again. And the moose that'll be there on the day
1: after you <laughs> leave,
0: the day before season, and then the day after season.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah that would definitely be fun i think i uh like part of moving out here when i when i moved out here i was definitely with the expectation that i'd come back every year at least for one hunt and uh hopefully that's still gonna start happening this year was um this year was crazy like we bought this house in in january and i were i wor- Basically worked full time on it for ten months, renovating it. We, I rejoiced the back end of the house. I Holy redid fuck. the kitchen, added a bath, well, two bathrooms, three bathrooms. Redid every room in the house. It's all plaster walls and ceilings. I redid all the ceilings. We re skim coated all the walls, painted everything. Like, I, I, yeah, it's uh it's crazy. Like, I, I, I'm exhausted. And and you did all that
0: with like. 37 kids. I have three children. That's That's 37. I know.
1: (laughs) One is like none.
2: Two is like 10. Three is like 37. (laughs) Might as well have all the kids. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Your oldest is what? Seven, eight now? Uh, She's eight. Yeah. Yeah. But I lied on her
2: application to uh, her robotics camp. She's nine now because they would not let an eight-year-old join. So I had to lie.
0: That's okay.
3: That's a good lie.
2: Yeah. Good parenting right there. Yeah. yeah, -hmm. I would have done the same thing. So I have a nine-year-old now. Yeah. That's what you meant to say.
0: Don't worry. (laughs)
1: Nobody's ever going to find out the truth by listening to
2: this. Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? Nova Scotia Community College and Lego are not going to find the Muttering Clients podcast <laughs> and source my daughter's real age?
3: Yeah. Hey, Mark, I just got a question on iHatcher that I just thought of. The Because I'm yeah. not an advanced user like nobody, uh, the overlaying roads and stuff on the county maps when you're you're looking at maps, I personally find it hard to find road, road names like a Kind of like on Google, where if you're gonna to go to satellite image, you're gonna to try to follow the roads and find out where the frick you are. Um, yeah. I assume that's a feature I just don't know about, and I just don't know how to get there. Or is it is it harder?
2: Uh, harder to- there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can do like choose a road base map and then set your transparency on your county map down. So I usually run my county maps at like 15 or 20 percent opacity. Oh, okay. So you can adjust how – and then you can see through the map, and so you can see the base map and their labels, um, or you can see through and see your satellite imagery underneath your names and property okay. lines. So that's typically what I do. Um, but I think that if you use, like, a, a road map, the, the road labels should actually appear above the county map, I thought, but that might be different on iOS and Android. I can't remember. I just – I only okay. just get
3: frustrated every once in a while where it's, you get used to something like saying Google and you flip over to that map and it's like, it's just different. And I'm, yeah.
0: You're talking about the hybrid. Yeah. And hybrid I just, I'm just yeah. not
3: used to it. Cause I don't, I don't use it anything more than the base features. Cause that's how junior of a user I am. But I, that I just wondered.
2: Yeah. So we, you do have that hybrid option as well, where you can see satellite with the road names. So that option is there in the base map section. But then if you have a County map on, um, they may obscure those road names and the county map itself often has road names, but they're not as good as the, um, the Google ones that move depending on where you're looking on the map. Like they're a fixed image that's, uh, that's tiled. Um, but yeah, like set the opacity on your county map if they're obscuring things and then that makes it easier to see both. I'll try that. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Sorry for Matt's question. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> no, I, uh... That's actually probably... <laughs> wow. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> That's actually
0: probably a very good question. That's probably one of the most informative parts of the it. It is. It's what we get all mm-hmm. the
2: time. Like, it, like it's so funny to see the patterns and support and stuff, and you just don't, like... I don't know how to make things more obvious sometimes, but, like, you get the same things all the time from a lot of people. and um yeah. it's,
3: FAQ like, yeah. button. It'd be
2: nice... Yeah, it's right in that main menu, but how many people find it and how, how where do you put it to make it so obvious, Sorry. right?
1: Or alternatively, you Fuck start Matt. a podcast, you have a bunch of people on it before, and then you have the guy on that you need to ask the question to, and then you ask was, him the question. And then you, that was the goal. It. And so Matt's mission yeah, is I'm complete. done. Perfect. He now has got a support question answered.
2: There's, oh, more, dir- there's more direct uh, avenues, Matt. If, you, uh, <laughs> if you'd like, you can always just send an email and we we'll get back to you right I, away. I don't know, know what the be... hell I'm
3: going to do next time I have a question,
1: but it'll be something just as asinine. So, okay, <laughs> <laughs> just going to write it in the snow with a quad and then photograph it from space. <laughs>
0: That's it. Matt Matt's thing will be like two info at iHunter. What's your app called again? <laughs> I can't find it. Hey, hey, I'm not on my on my screen. Where is it on my phone
2: screen? Do you yep. know? Where did I save it? I know I downloaded
0: uh,
3: it. I'm the idiot now.
2: What's my password? No. <laughs> what's
0: my password? <laughs> hey, what's Matt's password?
3: Password number one. <laughs>
0: um yeah, this has been awesome, Mark. Thank you so much for coming on, and yeah, great thank chance you. with your presence. I know it's getting late. I don't know. I have actually no idea what the time difference is. Uh, it's I'm just three hours, it... so
2: it is getting a little late. I got to, um, yeah, it's about almost one, so I'm going oh, oh, to just, just hit the hay. Okay, hey, hey. bye. Uh,
0: <laughs> thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Mark, again, thank you. And uh, everybody who's not listening, i iHunter, even if you're a home Or a realtor. Awesome. Or own land. Or realtor. Absolutely. Just buy it. Awesome, yeah, guys. Okay. Thanks Thank a lot.
3: Thank you. Nice, so
0: meeting all right, you. Mark. nice to meet great, you. Later. Have a great one. Have yeah. a great morning now.
2: <laughs> I will. After I get a couple hours sleep. Thanks, Darren. <laughs> Sorry, <pal>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. See you guys. Bye. All right, well, bye.
0: Thanks. Bye. Hey, nobodies. We now have merchandise. T-shirts, sweaters, hats, even a cup check it out at MutteringPines.com. and don't forget to listen to some of our other episodes where we actually have some interesting guests we were able to dupe onto coming onto our show uh follow us on itunes spotify uh somewhere else i don't know fuck wherever you listen your favorite podcasts thanks for listening and we'll see you next time unless we are dead which is highly possible